I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio, 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This is the second time I've recorded this podcast because I'm out on the road and I don't have a good place to record it. And the place I chose to record it was maybe the most awful place in the world. Also, my son wanted to let all of you guys know that he lost another tooth. He's very excited. It's his eighth tooth. Also, one more thing before I introduce Michele. Josh Jackson, if you haven't seen the story yet amazing things are happening in his life right now so this comes from a story uh about josh over the weekend uh this says jackson attempt this is the forward that plays for the Suns. if you're wondering who josh jackson is josh jackson attempted to enter a vip area at the music festival multiple times without a pass according to a source of slater he was handcuffed but ran away <laughs> before being apprehended again so just if you're having a bad day, just imagine Josh Jackson running away from police after being handcuffed and then later being caught and apprehended once more. So, this is so great. <laughs> that's just unbelievable. Um, so, we're going to go through some draft prospects today. Alex and I will talk more like league wide stuff Wednesday about the crazy game sevens. Um, all the goings on. McKelly and I recorded a part about that, but I wanted to get you guys the info on these draft prospects because that's what the Monday show will be really up until, really for about a month. Um, we'll be we'll be doing this. So uh, the first guy we're going to talk about is Bull Bull. He played nine games for Oregon. He's the son of Manute Bull. And they're both extremely tall, lanky, skinny guys. He's 7'3", he's 230-ish pounds, and the dude can really, really shoot the basketball, and he is crazy skilled for a guy that's as tall and lanky as he is. Yeah, um, a guy that I really trust in terms of uh, scouting and draft prospects in San Vicini, wrote on The Athletic that uh, he may be one of the three best shooter of this class. Like, mm-hmm. not among the bigs on this class, period. And there are guys that really can shoot the ball in this draft. So, it's it's something. My notes on Bobo ball are, I'll read them, uh, the positive are excellent size and length. He occupies a ton of space. Uh, he, he may end up having a more vertical uh, standing reach than Gobert. Because he is 6'2", 6'3", and has probably 6'7", 6'8". This is just like me guessing, but I would guess around that number. You mean 7'2", 7'3". Yes. Yeah, but the wingspan will be probably 7'7", or 7'8", something like that. (laughs) Yeah. He has wings, not not normal arms. Yeah. Um, He has an excellent shooting touch. We already said that. Uh, And he wants to shoot it. He, He has an okay... Um, shooting motion in terms of speed, in terms of like he's very clean in terms of, in terms of uh, 
he doesn't have excellent speed in terms of jumper, but the but the motion is very clean. Yeah. So, um, and can he on the defensive side? He can really be a deterrent uh, with his length. I don't know if he has like the body to, uh, like if he can improve body wise like Gobert did, because yeah. probably many of you don't remember how skin how skinny he. Gobert was when he entered the league. Mm-hmm. It was really the summer between year one and year two, where he ha- where he traveled with the. He first had like two or three months with the Utah's trainers to, to bulk him up, and then he had um, the European Championship where he basically guarded Gasol one on one, and he didn't suffer that matchup. So, I mean, if Bobo has room to to grow some sort of. Uh, uh, strength, then he will be um, a very, very good defender. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued by him. I, at the end of the day, would be very surprised if he fell to 21. Um, and the only reason that he will fall to 21 is because teams are too scared to take him because of his foot. Uh, he yeah. has he has a broken foot, and I think the if the medicals don't come back well, we we know that guys can follow Jan and Obi fell because of medicals a couple years ago and sometimes those things are wrong you know like Jan and Obi has been mostly healthy in the NBA like the he's missing games right now not because of uh health injury because of appendicitis but um like for the most part like he's been able to play and so you just you just never know with that kind of stuff but it does scare teams on draft night and so that's where you wonder if he's going to be a guy that could be around at 21. But I, I just, if you just look at pure talent, like he's gone in the top 10. Um, yeah. And there may be a team that's willing to take a chance. And it takes kind of a unique team, like like Boston. Like, is, is Boston going to be willing to take a risk on him early on? They got four first round picks. I sure as heck would <laughs> if I'm them. You got first four, four first round picks in this draft? Like yeah, like Bull Bull better be one of those guys if I'm if I'm a yeah. Boston fan. Like if one of them better be him. Uh, but there he's he's very very intriguing as a guy. The Thunder need a guy that can shoot it from the outside and a big that can shoot it from the outside. And Bull Bull fits that bill well. Yeah, um, there are a few things to be worried. Um, not just the. Um uh, the injury history uh, and like to to make an extra note on that like injury to to a foot are not as bad as a few years ago brook lopez had like a very very rough few years because of his foot but yeah. then a new technique got like a very new technique uh, was implemented and he had a very like injury um like he didn't have any injury for the rest of his career up to right. now mm-hmm. so those are those were very scary five years ago. Now maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of other negatives on his game, he he's not quick on his feet. And how how could he be like with that size? Gobert right. is not extremely quick, so you don't project him, uh, and he will not be a very good uh, defender on switches. So if you have uh, ball ball, uh, you will not switch any pick and roll. You just drop him and hope that your guard will do a good enough job. And the second ne- like um, negative part uh, on his 
nine games at Oregon, which is a very, very limited um, sample size, is that he was a very, very limited passer. Uh, among like he had like 165 possession that he either shooted or had a turnover and eight assists, which yeah. is like less than one a game. Um, yeah. So he he's not a guy that was willing to pass it in Oregon. I didn't watch like ton of like all the nine games, so I cannot say that this is something that it is by design or something that he doesn't like to do. But is a question that I think many scouts will look into because if you have Serge Ibaka or Mark Zoll, you're looking to two very, very different big men in terms of the way they pass the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay to to have like a, a narrower passer, passing vision when you're young because it's something that you can develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, like not everyone is Nikola Jokic, but, um, but so far we cannot say that, that he's... Uh, a full offensive weapon because the passing stuff is not there. The other stuff, like uh, shooting mid-range, threes, and probably also at the rim, yeah. Shot blocking, yes. Those things are extremely valuable. And you're right. I mean, if I have like two picks in the in the lottery, one I will probably use for him. Yeah, he's he's awesome. As long as he's healthy, I think he's he's got a spot in the NBA. He shot 56% from the field, 52% from three on almost three attempts per game in those nine games, 75% from the line. I mean, to have a big that can shoot it and also be a shot blocker, um, 2.7 blocks per game when he was in those nine games. I mean, just that in itself, like he's like – people don't use this term a lot anymore, but like he's like a unicorn, you know. He's Mm – He's a guy that can shoot threes and he can block shots. And those guys do not come around every single draft. And so to have the opportunity, especially at 21, where you can find talent at 21 or you can find Mitch McGarry at 21, you know, like you just don't know. Like you have no idea what you're getting into um, when you draft a guy that late. And so you might as well swing for the fences. And, you know, the Thunder have done that in the past. And so, uh, I, I think that if Bobo ended up there, which I, I highly doubt he will, that I still I think that it would be worth it uh, to take a chance on him. Yeah. Uh, uh, another guy that I don't think will be there at 21, but maybe is a guy the Thunder would trade up for maybe, and maybe people would doubt his defense or his position enough that he would fall. I just doubt it, but it's Rui Hachimura. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so Rui is so intriguing as a player like he's he's 68 230 he's pretty bulky but he's a pretty fluid offensive player uh he can shoot it he can score around the basket he can shoot threes uh he's super intriguing as a prospect to me he's played at Gonzaga for three years so the way it's been explained to me is that the first year at Gonzaga he was just trying to learn English so back backing up a little bit he's from japan and so he didn't speak any english when he came to the united states and so the way it's been explained to me is that his first season he was trying to learn english his second season they were kind of teaching him the game and teaching him to play within gonzaga and you have to remember like during this time like he's had like amazing big men playing around him like zach collins was playing there uh sabonis was there in 2017 
So like he's had some guys around him uh, that are playing um, high level basketball. So he's gotten one, he's gotten to learn from guys that are really good that have gone early on in the draft, and two, like there's not a lot of playing time when those guys are around. But this past season, there he played 30 minutes per game. He shot almost 60 percent from the field, which is just so stupid. Uh, 40 41 percent from three on just one attempt per game. 70, almost 74% from the line, six and a half boards, one and a half assists, 19 points per game. I mean, the dude, at at minimum to me, is going to be a guy that can score it off the bench. And, like, he's like a, a little, he has a, like a little bit of the Morris twins in him a little bit. If I were to like compare him as, like, mm-hmm. a guy that's like a kind of a tweener guy that can play both positions um, but he can really score. Like I think he's like Marcus Morris esque, but he can probably score a little bit better than Marcus. Um, but anyways, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, um, Rui had sixty nine point three at the rim in terms of <laughs> percentage, forty five almost forty five percent from the mid range, which is very good. Fifty two percent on pull ups, fifty two percent again on catch and shoot. Uh, 84% on open shots. So this guy, this guy was, and it was open like just 29% of the time. Yeah. So according to these are, of course, chart sides that's uh, for Gonzaga. Um, this guy was almost never open because he was the best guy at Gonzaga and still was able to score, as you mentioned, um, quite well. Uh, I have many questions about Chimura. And he's not a, po- like he's a, He's a guy that you watch, and you cannot say he's doing this an elite at an elite level, which is a problem for a prospect like that. On the other end, you cannot say, well, he will never be able to do that. So he's a guy that started playing organized basketball pretty late in his in his life. As you can imagine, in Japan there are no, uh, it's basketball. It's not like in the U.S. Uh, it's not like he was like going uh, at like uh, the park playing basketball every day of his life so he's really a late bloomer and if you look at him the first year then the second then the third these are almost three completely different players and if you project that growth you are looking to an amazing scorer that plays at 6'8 probably offensively the three position and defensively the four position the, the four position so kind of a tweener in 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 the wrong way we, you may like to to have a, a guy that can defend trees which can also play the four that has to be seen it's some it's one of the questions but his ability to be a scorer in the NBA I don't think there is a question because his arsenal is is he can he can score from all three levels, mm-hmm. and if you have a pull up at that size, it means that you can really score. Um, and probably we have seen too many, too too much of Achimura, and so that's why we have a lot of questions, and that's why people. He's not like a, a new name. He's a name that everybody knew that one day or the other he will declare for the draft, mm-hmm. and he will be picked in the. In, some, some, some around the, like close to the lottery, and so maybe we are overanalyzing Achimura. If he comes from Japan and do the, um, say, plays in two, three exhibition games like he's doing now, and do, he does the combine, he 
he will be the same as Tom McCare. And he will be taken yeah. at 10 by the Bucks. Yeah. So maybe we are really overthinking it. But uh, if somehow GMs are overthinking it and he's, and he's available at 14, 15, 16 peak, then I really think that you should trade up for him. Because he can be something. And at the worst, he's a reliable scorer. Mm-hmm. He's only 20 years old. So like he's been in college three years, but it's not like he's 22, you know. Or even mm-hmm. like he's he's a guy that is for sure going to be able to score the basketball at the you know at the NBA level. I think it, it becomes a question like who does he defend and like mm-hmm. fit with within a team construct is not he's not like plug and play for anybody. I don't think. I think that it's it's gonna it's gonna take either like he's gonna go to a team that's not very good that's in the lottery and he'll just be able to develop. Um, but if he's like playing for a team that's really competing for something, like if he's playing for the Thunder, mm-hmm. I mean, I think playing him next to Jeremy Grant makes a lot of sense. I think he yeah. could even he could play next to Stephen Adams. Um, yeah. But I don't know that you could in a highly competitive series. I, I think that he's a he's him being a tweener do, could become an issue. And I know that you know tweeners have definitely like found their spots in the league as of now. Um, but still, I, I think there are some concerns with him there. Where, I, like, who does I think my main question is who does he defend? You know, and and what does yeah. that look like? And if he's defending guys that are just spotting up, great. Like, no no worries there. Like he's he's got good good enough foot speed to recover and to you know help defend in space here and there. But he's not a guy that you're going to throw on like a go to score or something like that. No, 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 definitely not. And he's not a fast thinker, uh, or at least it doesn't seem like that. Um, you can see guys that read the defense as the action develops. You can see guy talk. Um, one of the guys that really likes to talk, and we are not discussing today, um, but we will in the future, is Matthias Thibault. You can see him reading what happen- what's happening on the offense and on the defense side. Rui is not like that. Mm-hmm. He plays kind of his own terms. He's doing his own stuff. Uh, it's not that like, like I don't want to, to, to give the impression that he is selfish because he's most surely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a guy that, that, that it's, it's almost on his own uh, island in terms, of, uh, in terms of basketball games. He do his own things. Mm-hmm. He pass the ball when he has to. But it's not like a guy that can really quickly adapt to something, uh, or at least I didn't see that uh, while watching him play. And um, so I'm curious to see if this is something that he can improve on. Uh, which he ha- since he has talent, I can I can think I can uh, I can agree on the fact that he will or can improve on that. But so far, this is something that uh, gives me a pause um, in terms of um, being able to fit everywhere, as you said. Yeah, he's. He's certainly an interesting player. I'd be surprised if he didn't go in the lottery just because a lot mm-hmm. of times in the lottery it's all the guys that can really score will go in the lottery. And so I just I think he's one of those guys. I think somebody will take a chance on him because you just need guys that can put the ball in the basket. And the playoffs are showing that now. Like Just having a guy that can score from any level is so important. And just having guys that can shoot it from the corners even is important. He's a guy that's going to be able to do a lot of that at the next level. Uh, a guy that I have questions about 
scoring at the next level uh, in every situation, especially if he doesn't have a good point guard around him, is uh, Brandon Clark. Uh, also out of Gonzaga, he is six foot eight, two fifteen. He's uh, he's he's great for Gonzaga. He scored sixteen points per game, eight point six points per game, almost two assists per game. Uh, a steal, three blocks per game, outstanding, almost 70% from the free throw line, 26% from three, but his jumper is looking a little bit better is what people write about him. Um, still, like, I'm not super excited about that. Um, but he did almost shoot 70% from the field. He shot 68.7% on field goal attempts. He shot 10, almost made seven per game, which is just kind of insane. So he... He's an intriguing prospect. He is most assuredly going to be either a late lottery or around that range. Um, he played at San Jose State for two years, transferred to Gonzaga, and had a really big year um, in Gonzaga. And so uh, he's an interesting guy because I think you can get—I think you can get caught in one of two ways with Brandon Clark. You, I think you can get caught on what he doesn't do. And I think you can walk away thinking, I don't really like him all that much. Um, or you can get caught on, like, what he does do. Like, man, this guy's incredible. Like, he's so good. And I think, like, the answer is, like, somewhere in between when he gets to the NBA. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a few stats that I want to read. When, when Clark was in the court for Gonzaga, they had an 88.6 defensive rating, which is, like, Stellar, even for NCAA uh, standards, and 123.5 offensive rating. That huge part of that is the, the WCC being not a great conference. Um, he played with pace when with him on the court. They were up to 17 pace, which is extremely high for college level. He had 69.7 effective field goals, 71 true shooting. There are plenty of stats that you can look at and see. Wow, Brendan Clark is productive mm-hmm. he will produce but then you start to looking at his body type i i don't believe he is six eight like yeah. i don't believe that and even if i do he has like a very long neck which sounds <laughs> like weird 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 thing to say yeah, yeah, yeah but long necks are useless like it's not that you are tall it's like you're you have a long neck like it's it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> it this. It sounds take. it sounds it sounds very stupid, but your shoulders are more important. Like the level of your shoulder is more important than where your head is. Yeah. And so he has the body type of a six 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 seven guy. And if he comes up six six without shoes, I would not be surprised. Yeah. He has a decent uh, wingspan, but if you have a six 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 seven guys with no. Uh, basketball IQ in terms of passing like very it's normal it's, it's not Raymond Green level like he's very far from that that can defend he can really defend one through four and even some five uh, not very huge five because he's again he's tiny in terms of size he has an extremely good um, uh, instinct instinct in terms of block help side defense and offensive rebounds so he's not a useless player but where do you play him? Like, if you if you play him in Houston, and Houston may very well be a team that he can go to mm-hmm. uh, because they have like uh, I don't I don't know twenty fifth, twenty sixth 
traffic. Do they have one this year? This year? I, I, I didn't check that. But anyway, uh, a team like Houston that runs pick and roll uh, and needs a pick and roll diver and a guy that, that can switch one through four, one through five, there is a place where I can see Brendan Clark being uh, a help, helpful guy. Yeah. But he cannot score to me at the NBA level. Right. Like, he, I don't trust his shooting. Uh, I know that, that the mechanics look better than what it was. But it's not miles better than what he was. And if you look at him shooting free throws, I don't think you can come away with the impression that, yeah, I mean, he will be able to shoot threes. I, I, don't, I don't have that impression. He, the, the, the ball is, um, is, is um, it's not very high, is very uh, forward. So it's, um, let's say, he has like a, a big distance from the, where he shot the ball and, and his body. So... All this stuff are worrisome to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I if I am some Presti on draft night and I have it there, I would probably pass. And maybe I'm completely wrong because every stats and every respectful analyst of this says that he will be a great talent, maybe a lottery talent. I just don't see that at 22. And he has he's 22 years old. Yeah. So I think that this is what you get uh, if you want to reinvent him like Andrew Robertson and playing at the two or at the three, well, first of all, you, you saw that this experiment is very tough to, 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 um, to, to, to do. Uh, and second, maybe in that situation, it, it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, to, to me, he's, <laughs> he is a wing, you know, with the size that he's got. And maybe he learns. Maybe he can learn to shoot it. There's been guys that have learned to shoot it where nobody thought they would. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like that's to me, that's the ceiling. Like if Brandon Clark can hit threes, like that's a valuable player. Like that's a guy anybody would want on their team. We talked about Rui being kind of a tough fit. Like if Clark can hit threes, like he could play on any team. It doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where some of his value is. He's kind of all over the place on draft boards, depending on who you read. Like Sam Vecini yeah. loves him. He has him mm-hmm. on his big board at eleven, uh, which feels really high to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, when you're talking about a guy that like, I don't really think he can shoot it, but if he can, then wow! Like to me, like it's he sounds like a Thunder player, <laughs> and like to, yeah, and also like. Stay away, Thunder, please. That's how I kind of feel about him. Um, I'm with you. I I don't I don't really want him on this team. Like he's Thunder. Don't need another guy. Like another shooting project. You know. Like I want. I'd rather have a guy that's skilled and ready to play now. Like that's why like Bol Bol is super interesting because like, oh, the guy can already shoot it. He's a super skilled basketball player that can score. Uh, Clark, you know he. <laughs> was kind of a cleanup guy in a lot of ways for for Gonzaga. Um, he's a guy that can score around the basket for them, but like the college game, the NBA game is a lot different. And when the Thunder have Russell Westbrook, who's had trouble scoring, not trouble scoring, but trouble shooting from the outside, I, they need guys that can shoot it. And Brandon Clark scares the crap out of me as a guy that you know won't be able to shoot it as a really he's probably a wing. You know, and to have a wing that can't shoot it is is terrifying and all too familiar 
for Thunder fans. So I like him for a lot of teams. I think like a team like Denver could really use Brandon Clark. Yeah, um, yeah, good idea. Very I, good idea. I think yes. he, he would be awesome for them and a guy that even Thunder fans might look at and be like, whoa, like, that guy's awesome. Like He's so much fun. Um, but for OKC, like at this point in their development, I just think OKC's got to just find guys that can score and that can shoot the ball next to Russ and, and PG. I just think that that's kind of where they are in their life cycle of this team. And Brandon Clark's a guy that would have – they may still like draft this guy. Like that could definitely happen, but to me, it's a guy that you draft alongside like young players and just see like what can he be. And he's not young. I mean, he's older than Diallo and Ferguson, you know. Um, so, which is a little bit scary. So, um, anyways, like of all these guys so far, like Brandon Clark's probably my least favorite as far as like a fit for the Thunder. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and this next guy is super interesting. He's also kind of all over the place on draft boards. He also has like a really difficult name. There's, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin to sp- say his first name. It's spelled like this: M F I O N D U. I don't know if the, one of those first letters is silent. Mafoindu, Moindu, Foindu, Fondu. I have no idea. I'm sorry. I'll learn it eventually. Someone is going to say it that knows what they're talking about. But right now, it's not me. And then his last yeah. name. Will you say his last name for me? I'm just... I, this is just not my day. I'm telling you. Not my day. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, if I ha- if I have to read it in, in with my accent, I would read it Kamegele. But probably most of the um, like commentary will be calling him Kabengeli. Kabengeli. Um, yes. And, yeah. And if you're a listener that knows, like, uh, we have extremely smart listeners that know a lot more than I do a lot of times. And so if you know the pronunciation, please send it to me. And if I've mispronounced any of these names so far, send it to me. Okay. So appreciate you guys. I know that someone will send it to me, the right pronunciation, but, uh, Kevin Gelly, I really like, I think that he's super duper fun. He doesn't have like the, like the field goal percentages that some of these other guys do shot 50% from the field, 53% from two, he did shoot 36.9% from three on 1.8 attempts per game, which is encouraging. 13 points per mm-hmm. game. So, like, his numbers, like, don't blow you away. But, like, he's a pretty great athlete, and he's just kind of fun. Like, he's a he's a kind of a ball of energy that you feel like if he's your third big, and, like, I would love that. He's six foot ten, so he can play both big positions. He's probably more of a center. And I, I like him, and he's – he might be a reach at 21, um, but I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I like this guy. I love the way that he plays. I think that he'll be at the, at the least like an energy type big off the bench for a team that can also hit a three. So he's got, he's got a, a, a ceiling. He's kind of uh, a late bloomer um, when it comes to playing basketball. But, I, man, I, I like him. I like, I like watching him play. Yeah, I mean, last night I was watching again Gonzaga against uh, FSU, um, and he struggled there. But I didn't question the shot he was taking. Yeah, um, Florida State has a very different brand of basketball for from like other te- other NCAA teams. They are extremely physical. Almost nobody can shoot on the court, and so he is probably their best shooter. 
uh, with Savoy and maybe another one that I don't know, Forrest, uh, even if he, he's not really a shooter. Um, and so their spacing is completely awful. And I wonder if a guy like that has a point guard that can give him, I don't know, four feet of space. Yeah. I, I do think that he is shooting mechanism is really good. The shooting motion is clean. Uh, the ball is high. It, it comes off your hand, off his hands very smoothly. And, and he wants to play. He's a guy that can run the floor, that can block shots. He's not the, um, I mean, he will not be extremely efficient. I don't think so. Uh, if he decides to shoot just threes, then probably yes, because I, I, again, I think he has the touch. Um, whether he will be able to 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 switch on on like wings, I don't know. Um, it's something that has to be tested because the foot pe- foot speed is there, uh, but ladder quickness is not elite. But overall, I mean, at 21, I would I would go for him. He's a guy that if I want to drop the big guy, which is something that maybe I don't want to do, I don't know yet. Um, a guy that can go for offensive rebounds, that project as a good outside shooter, that has a, knock, a knock for blocking shots from the help side and and like in chase down situation, even from in post situation. He's he's vertical. What are you searching at 21? Like, why are you not drafting him? I I don't. I, I saw like a lot of uh, action from him. I watched like five games from him. And there is no real reason to say, well, I don't like him very much. Maybe he's a little bit too jumpy. Maybe he's a little bit too behind in terms of shot creation for others. But he's, as you said, he's a late bloomer that plays with extremely good energy and high motor. He doesn't start only because um, the other um, guy who has even a more difficult name to pronounce, um, wants to start game and plays like five minutes and that's it. So he was the, 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 the guy that plays the most at center. And so he had a very good motor. I, again, Andrew, I don't know why to say no to him. I like him. I don't know either. I really don't. And he's, to me, he's a play finisher. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what the Thunder need. They need guys that can hit threes and finish in the paint. And like he does that and he's super aggressive and I think he's really fun and if he's if he like replaces the production from like Nerlens Noel like kind of like that he's 21 so like again he's older than like the young guys on the Thunder right now uh, I think he could play I think you play him next year and I think that he would be really fun and really awesome for this team and so kind of give you a different look and spread the court a little bit man I I like him. I don't know why either. Um, Sam Vecini has him at 41 on his mock draft, or on his big board, which kind of concerns me a little bit if he's 20 spots lower than what the Thunder are picking at. Um, Mm. So, like, you know, and I trust Sam. Like, Sam knows these guys better than anybody. And so, and he He value He value production in big men quite a lot. Yeah. And, And, I mean, it's not a bad metric. Um, but it's not the only one to me. Like, I remember him being very high on John Collins um, because he was extremely productive. But, like, two seasons in, I think he was right in terms of he's able to produce. But would you pick him way more higher than, wh- than where he went? 
I, I don't think so. He's a good player, but he's not a great player. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a productive player, which is valuable for a big man. And Cabangele was, like, productive, but not at that level. Maybe, um, I know Kerry Bander, not a great one, even if he has a knack for going to and, and, and grab offensive rebounds. Um, the thing that I liked in his game was whenever Forrest was running um, a pick and pop with him, uh, with Cabangele, I mean, he... He is a very good position in those situations. And if you have that with a player like Russell Westbrook that can really play a pick and pop with a guy that can shoot it, I think that you can be extremely valuable. Um, and so maybe he's not in, like the best project prospect to, to take there. But if he's someone who suits what you do and you can develop in a good way in terms of a stretch big that can block shots and take re- offensive rebounds i think that you that you have that you have something at 21 mm-hmm. again i i can't i'm trying to figure out reasons not to like him because i i just really i really think that he's going to be a player in the nba and i could be wrong but i just look at the skill set that he has and like next to brandon clark like brandon clark was ex- you're right he's extremely productive at gonzaga uh, he's a guy that blocked a ton of shots. He's he's an energy type guy, but when it comes down to it, like I don't feel like he has the skills for the Thunder, you know, that you're looking mm-hmm. for. And so Calvin Gilly does. Like he's a guy that has the skill set for an Oklahoma City Thunder team. Um, he's probably the guy I like second best next to Bull Bull. Um, I like Rui a lot. I worry about his fit. Brandon Clark, I don't like his fit with OKC. Both those guys are like easily projected to be better players in the NBA. But when you're just talking about fit with a team, I think the Thunder just need guys that can finish plays and defend on the other end a little bit. And um, I worry about Rui as a defender, and I worry about Brandon Clark as an offensive player. And so if you have a guy that can do a little bit of both, I think that that's kind of what the Thunder are looking for. So, yeah, I I think this is a good analysis uh, on 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 this crop of guys that we decide to start with. I think that in the end uh, we will both be will both favor wings yeah. instead of bigs. Um, For sure. But but you're right. I think if Capengelo is there, I would at least. Uh, bring him in, doing a long interview with him, uh, maybe doing a workout with uh, Mark Bryan to see how tough he is. Yeah. And if he responds well, that puts me in trouble because, again, I, I really like what he brings. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would I would go for a wing myself because I think that there are two or three players that if you can get, you'll be better off. Mm-hmm. But Cabangeli is someone where really, as soon as I saw him, um, when Gonzaga was uh, was to play Florida State, we basically did a few games. Uh, we tagged a few games to see to help them in terms of stat coverage. And as soon as I seen that, I said, "Well, where is he on the draft? Uh, on the um, mm-hmm. 100 possession, 100 players, top 100 players?" And he was not very high, and I was surprised. And then I watched more, and I really like this guy. Mm-hmm. And and also, I think that he can be a guy. I'm not sure if, he, if he's going to the combine, but if he goes there, I think his name will be talked as a late lottery or something like that. Yeah, I think I think that's possible. Um, 
Oh, also, he's Dikembe Mutombo's nephew. Did you know Oh, that? wow. No, I didn't. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. It's, it's been a lot of people in the NBA that I've had famous family members that have not been good. But I think that's slightly interesting. Okay, that's all we've got today. Uh, follow Michele on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter, Andrew K. Schlecht. Hope you guys have a good rest of your Monday. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday with Alex Pierce.